Totoro, my neighbor, welcome to the Royal Deluxe Podcast. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, I, I said, or at least implied, that I was going to do this episode after opening day, as in like after the game, but I was really tired when I got home from the game. So, um, yeah, I figured, you know what? What's the difference between putting out at like 10 p.m. at night versus 7 a.m. the next day? Who who's really good? Who's who in the world is going to listen to a podcast at three in the morning? Oh wait, I do that. Uh, but whatever, I got this today. This this can be the normal Friday episode, and then the uh, MLB projections I've been promising will probably be Sunday. I think I still have some work to do on that, but it is coming. It'll be just another extra episode. And then finally, we'll get back to our regular format every Monday and Friday. So be sure you're subscribed or following on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And also, stay connected to the podcast at Royal Deluxe Pod or follow me on Twitter at the MFNKC. That's a brand new thing that I'm doing. And beyond that, I've got a huge Huge breaking news announcement, guys. Well, it's not really breaking news. I already announced it yesterday on the Twitter at Royal Deluxe Pod. Haha. But this is the biggest announcement that this podcast has ever had. As if we ever have announcements on this thing. But, guys, it's happened. The Royal Deluxe Podcast is going places. You are now listening to the Royal Deluxe Podcast, bringing you coverage of the Kansas City Royals, presented by... Fans First Sports Network. That's right. We are affiliated now. Well, I am affiliated. Um, I, I don't know about you because um, you're not doing this podcast with me. It's just me. It's just my podcast. But yes, I am now part of a podcast network, which is kind of funny because I was going to have a little bit of a, of, a, of a running joke in 2023 thinking, huh, this is the only Royals podcast that is not sponsored or affiliated or anything of the sort. I'm the last remaining independent creator on this platform. And now it's gone. I've sold out. How dare I? I'm so sorry. I don't think anybody really cared about that. But I did think it was kind of funny. But yes, this is the the, the big change that I have been kind of hyping up about. This is the thing that I'm like, oh, change is coming, guys. It's going to happen. This is what I was talking about. So the implications of this, um, or, or at least like what this means is don't really expect much to change. I mean, there will, there will be cosmetic changes, like the icon of the podcast will change. There's probably going to be like intro music, at least like royalty-free intro music, original intro music or something like that. I don't know if anybody... Um, knew this or if I ever said it but if you remember the old intro music that I that I used it was actually <laughs> this is probably not allowed but hope but hopefully it's okay um at, at least in the way I did it it's a pitched down version of royal by deftones I just use a few I only used it for a few seconds so hopefully it's not like triggering any copyright <laughs> bots or anything um if so then I guess I'll just have to comb through all of them and remove that someday. It won't be that hard, just time consuming. I I, I understood I understand that was kind of, that's kind of a no-no, but it was like a practical joke for myself. Look, I didn't think this podcast was going anywhere. I didn't expect anything to happen for this. I just did this for like my own, I don't know, enjoyment. Just to see if I could do it, just to see if anything would happen, I guess. 
And now that it is happening, now that it has gone somewhere, I'm like, wait, did did I was I was I planning on this to happen? But I'm I'm very happy that it is. I'm actually really really excited for this. I think I think that this is a great sign of progress for me and this podcast. I think we're only going up in the world. Um, and also other implications is that th- nothing like major is going to change. It's still just going to be me doing this podcast. I'm still doing it the way I want to. Um, sure, there might be ads at some point or another, whatever it happens, kind of get over it. Um, but also you can expect me to collab or rate with a lot of the other people of the fans first sports network, because this is a network that is bringing in content creators for like every single team and maybe even multiple creators for every team. So I think they've actually said that they would like to get another Royals creator on the platform. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So I I hope to be working with a lot of other people. So uh, expect other people to appear on this podcast, expect me to appear on other podcasts, all sorts of things. I think 2023 is going to be a really, really exciting year, both for me, for the Royal Deluxe podcast, and hopefully for the Kansas City Royals as well. And let me tell you, the pregame ceremonies for opening day, or they weren't like actual ceremonies, but going into opening day, there was lots of excitement, if you want to put it that way. At least a lot of things happened before the actual game started. So one thing is that the Royals traded Matt Beattie to the San Francisco Giants for cash, seemingly. So I guess basically the Giants just kind of took the Royals off their uh, off their roster and they're just going to take that contract. So it's just like, it's just a part of the payroll that the Royals don't have to worry about anymore. Probably not a whole lot of money anyway. But anyway, uh, Matt Beattie is... A the, the he was the first base slash corner outfielder. I think I described him as the new Ryan O'Hearn <laughs> in a cordial way. I don't mean to like offend <laughs> him by comparing him to Ryan O'Hearn, but he was kind of like that. He was kind of like that role bench bat that could somewhat play first base or the outfield if you like, if you're like really desperate. Um, yeah, that's who I thought he was, but and I also kind of described him as a quadruple a bat he was assigned in this winter showed up to spring training had a pretty solid spring training for what it's worth but the royals decided they don't really want him on the roster because instead they've got framil reyes who i personally like because he has some upside i think he's only in 2021 he hit 30 home runs so i i believe he can be a, a power bat off the bench or an occasional designated hitter we uh we will talk about this a little bit later. And then uh, the Royals also have Matt Duffy, who was a, another non-roster invite. And I like him because of his positional versatility in the infield. And they've also got Jackie Bradley Jr., who J.J. Piccolo admitted they signed mostly because Drew Waters got injured. But I really like his glove. So I like him as a defensive backup. So there just wasn't really any room for Matt Beattie, even though on paper, maybe he did deserve a spot on the roster because of how well he hit in spring training. But the Royals were just like, look... There's just no room here. We just gotta we just gotta go with some other guy. So good for him getting traded to a different team so that he can hopefully can get a major league opportunity uh with the Giants. So I think that this is a win-win for everybody involved. 
And that's not all. There was another trade on opening day. The Royals traded left-handed reliever Richard Lovelady to the Braves for cash. As in, as in money. No, Nobody named cash. They just traded him for some money. I don't know how much money. I hope that money was like 80 quadrillion dollars because why was Richard Lovelady traded? I don't know. Like like the 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 arc, the 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 character arc of Richard Lovelady has been one of the most bizarre that I can think of at least among the Royals because we were I mean the, he was a pretty I wouldn't say like a highly rated prospect, but he was a respectable guy in the system because he was just a reliever, which is fair, but he was expected to be like the next Greg Holland for this team. Like he was expected to be the the team's closer in 2019, I think. And for whatever reason, the Royals just held off as long as they could to call him up. And sure, when he got called up, he wasn't like great. He wasn't immediately lights out. He wasn't immediately closer material like we thought. But it's like, okay, well, he's still new. He's still wet behind the ears. Let's just, you know, give him some more opportunities. And the Royals didn't. The Royals just would not give this guy more opportunities. They kept sending him down to AAA, only calling him up occasionally. In 2020, he threw one inning. One inning. That's it. 2021, he threw 20 in. But at least this time, he had a 3 ERA, a 3.48 ERA. So it's like, okay, well, maybe maybe he's uh, coming around a little bit. Maybe something's going on. Then he gets injured, and that kind of sucks. And then 2023, has a good spring training, Still doesn't make the opening day roster, which I at least defended by saying, hey, look, it, it does kind of suck, but he was injured last year. If he shows up to the majors, then he's not going to get a lot of opportunities. And this is someone who should be getting a lot of opportunities. I kind of worked this out by saying the the the, the top four closers, so to speak, are Scott Barlow, Dylan Coleman, Amir Garrett, and... Um, uh, Aroldis Chapman, not necessarily by talent, but I I'm, I am saying that Amir Garrett and Aroldis Chapman are are one year guys. They're free agents at the end of this year, so they they need to get a, they need to make appearances so that they can accumulate trade value. That's how I see it. And then Dylan Coleman is just great in general. Scott Barlow is also a, tr- a very tradable player. So I just kind of thought if Richard Lovelady makes the roster, he's not going to get as many opportunities as he probably should. And I think the Royals would be, do well to uh, consider him a back end of the of the of the bullpen guy, like a late inning guy who is coming out for high leverage situations and just getting a lot of opportunities in general. So they're letting that happen in Omaha and helping him build arm strength in that way, because, again, he was like injured. He got like Tommy John surgery, I think. Not very good. I thought it was like, sure, maybe weird, maybe not ideal, but understandable. And then they traded him to the Braves, just like just like that, and for for nothing really. Like they they traded him for nothing. That that is really weird to me. I just have to hope. I really really have to hope that they know something we don't, because all along we've been saying Richard Lovelady, he's going to be so good. And I don't know, a part of me was maybe thinking, okay, maybe they're not giving Richard Lovelady the, 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 res- the respect he deserves because 
this is a, a very anti-porn administration and they don't want they don't want the dick love lady jokes getting out of control with the fandom i don't know but if that was the case and why didn't they trade him in like 2019 when he had prospect value i don't know but now it's like i mean we want to believe that we have better people in charge of our pitching right at least better than last time so if they're willing to say yeah, you know what? We don't really need Richard Lovelady anymore. It's like, what's going on with this guy? What what happened? Is he like sure his velocity sucked in spring training, coming off of spring coming off of injury, sure. But I don't know, dude. It just it just feels like something very very strange has been going on with the Royals and Richard Lovelady. It's like they just have it out for this guy. They just will not give the guy his 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 flowers. And so this is what this is how it ends. He goes to the Braves. If nothing happens, like if he really was nothing, then I guess that's justified for the way he's been treated for the last few years. But um if he goes to the Braves, who by the way, the Braves are a really good team. I kind of think they know what they're doing over there and he's really good, then, ouch, massive L for you, Royals. Massive LL, Richard Lovelady. So, I don't know. Very, It was a very weird and surprising move, and honestly, kind of brought the mood down for opening day overall. It's like, everyone's so excited about baseball. It's like, yeah, opening day, baseball. Richard Lovelady got traded. No! No, fire everybody. Baby Cal Eldred was right about something. No, 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 never mind, never mind, never mind. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for bringing up his name. It's okay, stop crying, stop crying. Anyway, the Royals did make a bit of an attempt to lighten the mood going into the game. They made a, uh, a bit of a surprise decision, in my opinion. They, like, not necessarily surprise as in like it was undeserved, but it just kind of happened very, very suddenly where um, just like, I, I, I swear, I was at the stadium I showed up at like 1.30, and I think this got announced around, actually, I think I was there at like 12.30, maybe before that, um, and it was announced at some point, like, I don't know, 1 or 2, that Salvador Perez is now the captain of the Royals. Oh, I mean, that's cool. That, that, that's really cool. It's just kind of weird how suddenly they, they announced that. It was just like, okay, all right. I mean, Salvi deserves it, definitely. Salvi's freaking... Awesome. I do think maybe there's kind of a uh, a little bit of like copycatting <laughs> going on because you know Aaron Judge had such a huge season last year, and now the the Yankees have made him the team captain, and that's like a cool thing, you know, being a team captain. It's like, oh yeah, okay, Yankees. Everyone wants to be the Yankees, so now the Royals are like, okay, well let's make our player the 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 captain, so that we have a captain too, and that's that's cool and exciting and fun and all right, cool. I mean, again, Salvi deserves it. Uh, it's just kind of funny how that that happens. It's like it's like why didn't you make Salvi the captain seven years ago if if that was uh, something you wanted to do? I don't know. Uh, and also. Something else that's kind of copycatting the the Yankees is that Franmil Reyes, who's probably the the biggest dude on this team, that dude is a mammoth. He's also he's wearing ninety nine, <laughs> so it's it's just kind of funny how the 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 Royals 
have a team captain and a guy and a really, really large player who was wearing 99. It's like, all right, guys. All right, see, I see what you're doing. By the way, Framil Reyes has never worn 99. He's never, he's always worn 32 for his entire career. This year, he showed up wearing 99. This dude is 6'5", 265. Jesus Christ, dude. How big is Aaron Judge? I mean, I know Judge, Judge is like way bigger than that. 67282. Ah, oh, that's a that is a heavy lift right there. That is a heavy duty load right there. You're gonna need a forklift to move this guy. I hope Franmil Reyes is forklift certified. I don't know where where I'm going with this. Anyway, the point is Salvador Perez is now the captain of the Royals. So he's got a nice big C on his jersey. C for catcher <laughs> and for captain as well. And now we get to talk about opening day. The Royals played a baseball game. They played a major league baseball game against the Minnesota Twins. It's, it was a, it's the first game of the season. We're really excited about this season. It's going to be a really, really big year for the Royals. Not necessarily in terms of like winning and losing. Because like, like sure, they might not win as many games as they'll as they'll lose or more games than they lose. But we do have a lot of young talent on this roster. I think it's really exciting. I think it's going to be a very, very fun and very interesting season to watch. So how did we do on opening day? Where, by the way, the Royals wore all powder blue jerseys. So they've got the powder blue tops and bottoms. The powder blue pants are back, baby, for a limited time only. So how was this game? How was the debut of the 2023 Royals? Well, I don't want to say this. Um, rather, I, I don't want this to be indicative of how I feel about the Royals this season. I don't believe this is indicative of the Royals' season as a whole. Please understand, I fully understand, that this is one game. Just one game. Okay? But... I am pretty sure that was the most boring game of baseball I have ever attended. Oh... Yeah, and, and I and, and and listen guys, listen. When I say that this was the most boring game of baseball that I've ever attended, I attended a Reds game last year. A Reds game where Jonathan India was not playing, where Mike Miner was the starting pitcher. Joey Votto had four at bats. He saw four pitches. He swung at the first pitch every time. And also one of them was a double play. Joey Votto, the most patient hitter in baseball, accounted for five outs on four pitches. I had a, I, I, I saw that. And even then... It was arguably better than the than opening day 2023. I saw a Pirates game last year. A Pirates game versus the Red Sox. And not just the Red Sox. The Red Sox with Eric Hosmer. I saw that. 
And this was maybe the most boring game that I've ever seen. The Royals, opening day, 2023. Because at least in those other games that I'm mentioning, at least something happened. You know, look, when you go to a baseball game, you pay for the price of attendance. There is nothing that says something in particular needs to happen during the game. Okay? No, it, there is nothing that says Salvador Perez has to hit a home run for the price of admission to be worth it. I mean, well, okay, that's a, that's a figure that's a figure of speech. But there's nothing that says that Salvador Perez is going to hit a home run or Bobby Wood Jr. is going to steal a base or someone is going to throw 10 strikeouts. Nothing like that. There's nothing that even suggests that the team that you're going to see is going to win or put on a good performance. And sure, in terms of like good and bad games, I've definitely seen worse games than yesterday. I saw the game against the Mariners where oh, I have to look this up a little bit. Uh, so give me a second. The, the Royals were like, I think they were winning like five to nothing or something at some point. Let me find this. Let me find this. Let me find this. I got this. I got it. Okay, I got it. I got it. Yeah, the... um. No, actually, this wasn't the right game. Okay, no, this was the right game. Yeah, okay. The Royals were winning four to nothing going into the sixth inning. And then Mariners scored two. So four to two, then four to three, then five, six to three. They were winning six to three. Blew the last three runs in the last two innings and then gave up another run in extras. So they had this, they had a really painful, slow comeback loss, I guess. And that game certainly sucked. I'm pretty sure Billy Hamilton got injured on that, or some or maybe it was Terrence Gore that got injured. Someone got injured in that game. It sucked. By the way, Richard Lovelady pitched that game. Hey buddy. But at least, you know, some stuff happened. Jorge Soler got a home run. Monesey hit a home run. That was pretty cool. Hunter Dozier hit a home run. He was a that was in the early part of the season where Hunter Dozier was actually a really good player. I saw that. And that game sucked. But at least something happened in it. I went to the game that was the last game Brad Keller started. Where he gave up seven runs in the first two innings. I didn't even... That all happened so fast, I wasn't even in my seat when that happened. I was still getting into the ballpark while that was happening. It's like people outside the stadium were just like counting down the runs. Like, oh, another, another run scored. Seven nothing Dodgers. Nicky Lopez pitched that game. But you know what? That's interesting. That's like, 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 okay, something funny happened at the very least. I went to opening day 2018. The Royals lost 15 to 8. But hey, the Royals scored 8 runs, so at least someone did something. Still, it was the game where uh, Danny Duffy started, and that sucked. That was Duffy's worst year. And also, Yost used every member of the bullpen, which was, if I can remember, was Blaine Boyer, Justin Grimm, Brandon Maurer, um, Birch Smith, the GOAT, a.k.a. me. I am Birch Smith in real life. Uh, Her Herrera was still there. Brad Keller was in the bullpen at that point. Then 7-8. Who else was there? Um... Jason, no, Jason Hamill was still in the rotation. It doesn't matter. They probably sucked. 
But yeah, Royals gave up 15 runs. That was when Matt Davidson hit three home runs. The 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 Barry Bonds of Kauffman Stadium hit three home runs that game. That sucked. It was also cold and raining or snowing. It, it was awful. But at least something interesting happened. The, 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 the game yesterday, the first game of the season, I quite literally mean that nothing happened. Like, like, seriously, just nothing happened in this game. The Twins won two to nothing. The Royals got two hits. At some point, the Royals had the bases loaded and didn't score, evidently, because they didn't score any runs at any point. And the Twins themselves actually got a lot of guys on base and only scored two runs. And those runs were on singles. I think the one and only remotely interesting thing that happened in the entire game is that Byron Buxton hit a triple. And even funnier is that it wasn't even a particularly short game. Actually, it says 2 hours 32 minutes. It feels like it was longer than that. It actually feels like the game was longer than 2 hours 32 minutes. Especially when Amir Garrett pitched. Because Amir Garrett got a guy on base immediately and then the pitch clock goes up to 20 seconds. And it really made me realize, oh, 20 seconds for each pitch is actually a long time. <laughs> How did we survive in the past? But, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have anything to say about it. Nothing happened. And But again, not trying to say that, hey, okay, Royals are terrible. They're useless. They, they suck. This is the worst season ever. We were wrong to get our hopes up once again. You know, that's not what I think. I'm not going into this, you know, more negative than before. In fact, there is something that I'm very positive about in this game. Bobby Witt Jr. got two walks in this game. Bobby Witt Jr., the guy who we we know to swing at lots of pitches all the time, drew two walks. Um, how often did he do that last season? How long, how often did Bobby Wood Jr. have a multi-walk game? Let me tell you, four times. Four times last season. By the way, he played 150 games, okay? And in four of them, he had a multi-walk game. In one, only one game, he had a three-walk game. I'm actually wondering, okay, no, it wasn't even a, an intentional walk. Although, one of those, there was one game where he was intentionally walked. One of those multi-walk games, he was intentionally walked. So that's how often Bobby Wood Jr. takes multiple walks. He legitimately looked patient at the plate. He was laying off pitches that I feel like were maybe, not like borderline strikes, but like a little close, you know. Pitches that were meant for him to chase at. He didn't chase at. And I think that is very, very interesting. We know how Bobby Witt Jr. We know how good Bobby Witt Jr. is. There's no doubt about it. But we just kind of wonder, what if he just enhances his abilities a little bit? Gets the walk rate up just a little bit. That much. And also simultaneously cutting down the strikeout rate. That much is probably going to do wonders for him offensively. Because we know we can hit. He can put up a, de a decent average. I think he can be like a 270 hitter. He'll hit 30 home runs. Sure. 
and then steal in infinity bases with the larger base paths with the larger base paths haha larger bases but if he can take walks now that's just more opportunities to get on base that's just now that'll be great um that's all the only takeaway I really have positively that and also Zach Granke pitched well Zach Granke got strikeouts yesterday <laughs> that was cool Zach Granke had a strikeout per nine rate of 4.8 and yesterday he pitched 5.1 innings and struck out four so that's considerably better he only has um Let's see, right now he has 2,882 strikeouts. This doesn't account for yesterday, so 2,886. That means he only needs 114. He only needs 114 strikeouts to reach 3,000, which seemed like an, impo an impossibility because of how often he didn't strike out guys last year. But... Maybe it's going to happen this year. Maybe Zach Greinke will, will, will have 114 strikeouts and actually uh, get this done. Like last year, yeah, last year he had 73 strikeouts. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the year before he had 120 in 171 innings. But I don't know if he can keep up the strikeout rates, if he's going to increase the strikeout rate to even something remotely close to, I don't know, just a few years ago. Like if he can th throw out seven batters per nine and sure yeah that'll be awesome he'll get it uh but th that's quite literally the only two good things oh actually no there was one other positive thing to take away are you guys ready for hunter dozier to win a gold glove at third base it's totally happening guys hunter dozier gold glove third baseman alert he had a diving stop that started a double play uncommon hunter dozier w <laughs> You all laughed. You all doubted, but it's happening for for the for the third year in a row. The Hunter Dozier Revenge Tour begins. Okay, now I'm out of positive things to say because if, again, if I were to extrapolate this game into the rest of the season, then it would be incredibly negative. I'd have to say that MJ Melendez is the worst baseball player to ever live. MJ Melendez had the worst game ever. Like, like seriously, I don't like that. That was a terrible game for him. He misplayed. The first the, the first ball hit towards him. It could have been a 9-3 uh, play, uh, the right field to first base. It could have been that, but it wasn't because he misplayed it. Oh, well. And then uh, he got a walk early in the game, had a, had a sick bat flip to go with it. That was pretty funny. Uh, and then went up to bat with the bases loaded and grounded into a double play. And I think there was another time he got on base and or no, he didn't get on base again. Um he was up he was at bat. And there was someone on base and still couldn't produce anything. And it's just like he just had the he just had the most unclutch game of the of the uh, of anybody that year. Him or Franmil Reyes, who struck out three times, not a great debut for the big guy, but it's fine. It's whatever. We know he's going to he's going to strike out, guys. It's what he does. Sure, it, it does suck that the designated hitter doesn't designated hit, but oh well. Uh Michael Massey looked pretty good on defense. Um not so great on offense, but we'll work that out, I guess, as the season goes along. And uh yeah. That's about it. Just kind of a shame that this was uh 
such a such a snooze fest of the of a game at a sold out Kauffman Stadium, from what is reported, um, which doesn't surprise me because I got to the stadium really early, and even by then there was like traffic getting into it. Like I I was thinking I was clever. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna show up to, at like noon or one o'clock, and I'm gonna get like the best spot and standing room only because I got the cheap cheap seats. And I'm like, I don't want to sit up there. Like, there's no bad spot in Kaufman, but Upper Deck is just kind of boring. There's just something about it. It's just kind of boring. It's just like, eh. It's like, whatever. You're just kind of there. Standing room only uh, can be a lot more interesting, I think. I think it's just a better view overall. The only thing is that you can't hear anything. You can't hear the PA for whatever reason. I don't know why. It seemed like a bit of an oversight, but uh, whatever. So anyway, I just stood uh, along the rail. Uh, above the fountains the whole time the whole time I, I i picked a spot and then stayed there the entire game and i think a lot of other people did that i was talking to several other people in that area and they'd had the they did the exact same thing as me they're like oh yeah we got the the 29 dollar upper deck seats but we're staying right here and i'm like cool i did that same thing as well and i and i think a lot of people did that because because someone posted uh on the on Casey Royals on r slash Casey Royals. I was like, oh, they said it was sold out, but it didn't look sold out by the stands. I'm like, yeah, but the outfield concourse had a ton of people in it. Like I did. That's what I I didn't go up to the upper deck at all. I didn't even I never checked into my seat. I just stayed out outfield the entire time. And I think a lot of other people did that because I would turn around and there'd be like five, six, seven rows of people behind me watching the game from the outfield. It's like there's a lot of people over here. The only the only downside is I was starving by the end of the game because I I did plan on eating at the stadium but I'm like well I don't want to lose my spot so I guess I am just stuck here and I will just starve and die I hope this game doesn't go to extra innings because then we're gonna have a problem not really but oh well it, 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 I just kind of wanted to comment on just how many people were out there and uh, yeah and I heard it was a nightmare getting into the stadium after a while and I like just as early as like two o'clock. So I'm really glad that I got into the stadium when I could. Um, yeah. And I'll t definitely tell you getting out of the stadium was a gigantic nightmare. Like I got into a line that literally did not move after five minutes. So I just kind of like made some weird maneuver where I kind of cut through this in between space and someone else was trying to go there, but they kind of realized what I was doing. Like, cause there was a different part of the, I don't know why I'm explaining this. You can't, I can't visualize this properly. So I'm just going to cut this out. I'll just say, if you drove a black Tesla and you turned around in the parking lot because you saw a gold Honda pulling up right beside you, you're a bro. Thank you. So good job on the Royals, at least for getting the sold out crowd on opening day. You know, it's, a pretty big deal. I definitely think it was because of the bobblehead. It, I mean, it had to be the bobblehead, right? Like the opening day is going to sell a lot of tickets in general, but then they announced the bobblehead, and it's like, okay, like like that, that makes it worth it at the very least. Like, okay, I saw a crap baseball game, but now I've got a Bob Wood Junior base. I got a Bobby baseball bobblehead, a a Bobby head, as as you might, as one might call it. This will make a fine addition to my collection. So. At least I walked away with that. Yay. I uh, wish I could have walked away with the Royals W, but I'm sure it'll happen at some point. I'm sure at some point the Royals will win a baseball game. So don't worry. Don't 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 bring out the hot takes or anything like that. Don't be like, oh, no, Royals are terrible this year. I mean, I don't know what you were expecting in the first place. So whatever. 
it's fine. Just a just a bummer that the that the team had to put on such a such a crap show in front of a sold out crowd. You know, get everyone's hopes up, get everybody out to, you know, get the team get get people excited about the team. And it's like, oh, oh well, that was deflating. Oh well, I still I'm still looking forward to going to more games this season, and I'm still looking forward to talking about the Royals and watching more Royals games. I was supposed to say talking about them afterwards because I was going to that was going to flow into my outro, which is that we'll talk about it whenever we get there. So that's going to do it for me today. Thank you very much for listening to the Royal Deluxe podcast, a proud part of the fans first sports network. I will be back on Monday to talk about other stuff involving the Kansas City Royals. We're going to we're going to talk about the entire Minnesota Twins series this opening weekend series against the Twins. And then we'll have a second series against the Blue Jays starting on Monday that we'll talk about a little bit, as well as anything else that might come up. So I will talk about that as it happens at Royal Deluxe Pod on Twitter, or follow me personally at the MFNKC. If you enjoyed this podcast, I would appreciate it if you left a review and a rating. Even if you didn't enjoy the podcast, please give me your honest feedback. I promise I won't be mad at you. You can even email it to me directly at royaldeluxepodcast at gmail.com or use that email for any other inquiries you might have. Thank you very much for making the Royal Deluxe Podcast a part of your day, and I hope you're having a good one. I'll see you on Monday, and until then, I'm Lux, and go Royals!